0: Let me take a look, at what do you got? I'm moving to the Speculation Station a lot Speculation Station Hello Hello I'm Will I'm Tom We are the Speculation Station podcast Yes, and we're not actually a podcast ourselves, we are people
1: we're real human people who do a podcast. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. this <laughs> this
0: is the Speculation Station
1: podcast. We are not it, but yeah. in a way we are. I'm really glad you verify that, because people out there be like, are these people a podcast or are they carbon-based life forms? Ah So welcome. We're Carbon based <laughs> Life Forms with a podcast. And every week, one of us brings in a mystery object. That this week it's me, Will. And we speculate upon it. Generally, from this guy, he speculates. Yeah, yeah. I interrogate. We ask questions.
0: Yeah, and I come up with a topic for us to 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 attack, depending on what what on earth he brings in. Yeah. So I'll, I'll I'll choose whatever we're talking Speaking about. Speaking
1: of which, oh gosh, close one's eyes, hold out both hands. I'd like you to separate them. That much is perfect. This bit is going in this hand, and this bit's going in this hand. Oh, it's come out a little bit. Here we go. Here we go. Put the bits close together. There you go. What's that? It's a pocket watch. Okay, it is. Open your eyes.
0: (laughs) Oh, it's a pocket watch! (laughs) Oh, this is beautiful. I like... uh, And what's really awesome about it is the fact that you can see inside uh, to the time when the pocket watch is closed, which is... Most pocket watches, you can't do that. That's
1: true. And not only can you see the time, but you can see the mechanism of the watch itself, which is is rather beautiful, yes.
0: Look at that. For all you at home who are watching on video... Looks absolutely gorgeous. Do you Have you seen this in my possession before? I believe I might have done, yeah. Uh, maybe at a wedding or something. Well, like... it came
1: from a wedding. My brother's my brother's wedding to his lovely wife. Oh, okay. At the time, she wasn't his wife, of course. Uh, I was a groomsman, and as a present to all of us groomsmen and his best men, he get, he gave us pocket watches. Right. Was one of the best goddamn presents for someone attending a, wev- a wedding I've ever seen. Oh, looks your like somebody's getting a message.
0: <laughs> Maybe we want to turn that off. So, uh, there's a. I think uh, what's also, I'm very inappropriately dressed. If I was wearing a waistcoat, <laughs> you're
1: wearing a sports outfit. Yes, a, a silver classic pocket watch doesn't quite that doesn't go really with it. work. Uh, Hang it from your your hood. That doesn't feel very good. Uh, it doesn't. But either way, you've you've managed to. This a, is etc. wonderful. Is it? This is wonderful. So, what does it make you think of?
0: Well, immediately, it makes me think of Willy Fogg I'm going to say it. Who is? Uh, uh, of a uh, Ju- uh, famous Jules Verne novel, which most of you guys uh, will have heard might, of, have heard of which is Around the World in 80 Days. Classic. And And uh, Phileas Fogg, not Willy Fogg. Uh, Willy Fogg is the uh, the kid's cartoon, which I believe is Spanish, actually. And yes, was translated there was into. also
1: another cartoon, it was Phileas Frog, and he was a frog.
0: Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> um, so, I think the, the lovely basic idea of this is it makes me think of somebody who really cares about the time. Maybe a kind of Adventure, but he was really obsessed with the time. So, we'll so immediately the sort of the topic of time is immediately coming okay. up. Like maybe uh, you could, time you could, travel uh, adventure potentially time travel potentially adventure no, not time travel time comma yeah, travel. yeah adventure measure yeah maybe even. Uh, it makes me think of the Age of Sailor Touch a little mm, bit as well. well. What with the water clocks and all that kind well, let's of stuff. Just,
1: let's encapsulate that in the classic Age of Exploration. Okay. Exploration and invention. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. In which case, I'll decide on a kind of an approach to this. Let's think of uh, a classic exploration challenge. Oh, so, around I the love world, was okay, yeah. a challenge. They challenged Phileas Fogg to travel around the entire world in 80 days and get back to London within that time. So, we live in a very connected modern world, of course. I mean, every, every era of humans have lived in the so called modern world, but we really truly do live in a very modern connected world.
0: They'll seem old-fashioned in a few years, don't they? Of course, as
1: as it will always do. And people will look at us in our clothes and go, what were they thinking? What were they wearing?
0: Why was he wearing sports
1: gear? (laughs) (laughs) And the other guy was wearing a Hawaiian shirt. Why are they twats? So, what? first of all, what would be the modern equivalent a Foggs fogs around the world in 80 days challenge what they, would you challenge someone with
0: well they they do do similar things like there's a boat race that actually goes around the world True. in 80 days i think yeah it's more than 80 days it's much quicker these days i think i might have be been completely yeah. mistaken uh, there's, there's there's definitely boat challenges so i i think and another similar one that it makes me think of is uh, is it this that road racing that goes across Europe? It's got a very special name. Oh, there's the there's the the Gumball Rally. That's it, the Gumball Rally Gumbel is what, Rally, what I'm yeah. thinking of. That 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 is very cool and fashionable and kind of sexy. It also makes me think of the Orient Express as well. In that kind of area, those mm-hmm. kind of you know trains that connect up continents and stuff like that. Oh, so, I'd love so, yeah, to yeah, go on
1: the Orient Express.
0: If we're talking about modern venturing and challenges, the obvious answer we've only been into the moon once or twice oh. right you know so now and now we're getting co- corporations i guess spacex yes. doing that and i think boeing do a lot of this mm-hmm. kind of stuff which is the idea: of Who can get to the moon first? Who can get to Mars first? Yes. Yeah, who so
1: can provide the most efficient and
0: cost worthy yeah, transport yeah. to X, Y, Z place? Like those robots who who? Which robot can play football the best? Hmm. You know, like so. It's almost like there's a lot of. But I think in terms of exploration, space or under the sea, a, you know, like ah. or deep under the under the ocean, are the obvious modern eras of exploration. If we're to do a, a modern around the world in eighty Love days, it. so is it to the bottom of the sea and back? You know, well, that, what's it called? Um, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Yes, another
1: Jules Verne, that right? Which is fantastic. So let's keep it close to the home yeah. and do under the sea. Although, yeah. ironically, as I'm sure a lot of our audience will be aware of, we you know we know more about the moon than we do about the underneath of our oceans. The depths of the ocean. Thank yeah. you. Underneath was a bit <laughs> of a misnomer. So well. <laughs> let's make it kind of storified as well. So it's not just to reach a certain place or discover a certain thing under the ocean. But to establish something, so oh. let's say the first person to establish an underwater colony somewhere. Yes,
0: yes. Right, we're writing that down. He's the writing down an underwater colony. Bird. Okay. Yeah. So I like the uh, so the underwater colony. Okay, so let's say first to reach
1: um, a certain De- population. Mm, I like that
0: at a certain depth. Shall we say? So yeah, let's say Dunbar's number roughly. So let's say two hundred people. Okay. A colony of two hundred, which is a small village. Okay, so a colony of two hundred people at a it's depth v- of
1: two hundred meters, maybe it's not too much, not too little. Or oh, unless you want to say twenty thousand leagues. Uh, how much was a league? <laughs> <I fucking know>. <laughs> right, <laughs> a furlong. Nobody knows this stuff. Um, so a population around
0: two 200- hundred. I'm to say a mile under the sea, so it's properly. Low. Oh wow, that is that is deep. Okay, so like properly at the bottom of the ocean, you know. So two hundred, maybe people. a kilometer actually.
1: Yes, Commonwealth is about to say one kilometre deep. Now, if we were more knowledgeable, we'd probably be able to say what kind of things existed at a kilometre deep. I know, for example, that the deepest place on the uh, on the ocean floor, the Mariana Trench, is mm. something like 6,000 metres. Mm. So about six kilometres. So a kilometre isn't anywhere near that crushing depth, but it's still a considerable distance.
0: Yeah, and so you know, I love this idea. Uh, already, by the way, loads of astronauts train... Underwater. By going, living in underwater, closed environments yeah, so I for a long time. I've seen
1: videos of the esteemed commander Hadfield. Of course. Uh, underwater. And he did an experiment with the Coke can, showing that even underwater it won't over-pressurise and explode at that pressure. Yeah. So, let's talk a little bit about who are the modern Phileas Fogg, Francis Drake equivalents alive right now, who might be equipped to start an undersea college. Oh, there's the
0: obvious answer. There's fucking Musk. Musk, right. Yeah.
1: Sometimes pronounced Elon. When he's not smoking weed. Oh, no. (laughs) He went on a podcast and smoked marijuana legally. I don't know if he is fit to run a company. (laughs) Like, you know, of all the things that humans do behind closed doors, like have nefarious sexual appetites or drink too much, right? We all know it goes on. But the one guy who does it... Not behind closed doors, behind open doors. openly on a podcast. very open about his feelings feeling about it. Yeah. Like literally, the stock for, for Tesla dropped after he smoked weed on Joe Rogan's podcast. But if he drank whiskey, no problem. No problem. One intoxicant that we accept, fine. Another intoxicant that we still don't accept societally. I see you're gangling for the whiskey bottle right I, I, now. I feel
0: like I should top up my whiskey now we're, we're talking... you give me a, a
1: little bit extra. I've yeah. been kind of janking S- it.
0: So... Uh, so
1: let's talk about Elon you know, Musk. Um I guess there are people with political motivations to do as well. So people like Putin Oh, okay. 100%. We yeah. want Russians living under the suit. And certainly
0: uh, uh, Xi Jinping, for the same reasons. Ah, oh, oh, the Chinese premier,
1: right? Uh, he's
0: a very interesting character. Like, Not
1: comparable to but Winnie But also the there's um, um,
0: Peter Thiel, um, Musk's partner in PayPal. Yeah. He's, he's kind of a bit of a mover and shaker. In the, I don't yeah, know much about Jeff him. Bezos. Jeff Bezos. <laughs> the, the Zucks. Oh, oh, no, he had an affair. Oh, no, he's a human being. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Zuckerberg. Um, Although I don't see that from Zuckerberg. I just don't see a lot of that kind of he thing but he
1: might not do it himself. I don't I I feel don't Gates he, is more likely to do it.
0: Gates fails a lot more along the right lines. Now, it's definitely, we're all talking billionaires or big league politicians okay. here.
1: Let's take one person for now.
0: Let's take Musk. Because he's, he's the he's obvious actually
1: artist. provably done similar things. And he's things. got that kind of attitude. He's got that get up and go attitude. And yeah. fuck everyone else. And attitude. if you don't
0: like Musk, well, you don't like Musk and that's your problem, not... Yes, that's, that's your problem, not his. <laughs> he's fine, yes. So,
1: <laughs> Musk wants to, to win this challenge. He wants to be the
0: first person... To establish so he's our F- Willy Fogg. He's our fog. Willy Fogg, exactly. E-Musk. E-Musk, yeah. e- right? I bet, I, bet, I bet, by the way, Mr. Musk, you love being called Phileas Fogg, don't you? I
1: mean, it's comparable. Yeah, I, I yeah. love the dude myself. He might yeah, have yeah, flaws, I'm not, I'm, he's I'm, definitely flawed, but yeah, I, like, uh, I like his general I like stick. the cut of his jib. Yes, the Musk jib. Let's say he wants to be the first to establish a 200 or greater population of people living permanently a kilometre under the sea... Let's start with some logistics. Where?
0: So, I think the immediate obvious answer is, I mean, if you wanted it to be... I think the location really matters, because oh, it depends on absolutely. who the fund is. Because the two obvious answers, if he's in, he, he, he lives in America, he's ostensibly American. I know he's South African and uh, has a larger background than that. So, but the obvious answer is somewhere in the... In the great pond between Europe and America, <laughs> as, as it's often called. Also uh, called the Atlantic, yes. Also known as the Atlantic Ocean. Oh, we're
1: getting towards Andrew Ryan's, uh, what's it called? The computer game when they lived under the ocean? Oh, don't remember. Bioshock. Bioshock, yes, of course. Right.
0: So it's a little Bioshock, of cool course, bio-shock. course there's you are. can't get away from that, yeah. So Musk is our... Uh, Andrew Ryan. Andrew Ryan, yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, so, But also, there's equally, on the other side, it depends where, he, where you want to make your alliance, because... It's equally you could do it in the Pacific Ocean, mm-hmm. but then there'll be lots of treaties with the uh, you know places like uh, Hawaii, which is a US territory. So it could be near That's Hawaii, uh, but also you've got to think about China, you've got to think about Japan, you've got to think about Russia on that other side. That's true. So because it's going to be, there's going to be lots of treaties to make that so. So you've
1: also do have to think
0: about the hard
1: logistics of the the undersea climate where you are. What's yeah. the water current like? What are the earthquake potentials and tsunamis like? Yeah,
0: yeah, and temperature just for temperature keeping it warm and power. I sh- let's talk about like how is this place going to be powered? Because tidal power, un-,
1: un-, un unequivocally tidal power.
0: He's holding is, out his finger to me. <laughs> there is another option. Ah, there is another way. <laughs> there is another option. Because you're a kilometre below the sea. Yeah? Yeah, of course there are ties there, but there might be a, a, a yet more powerful source. Geothermal? Precisely. Okay, so vents perhaps? It's either that or they have a nuclear power plant slash fusion we, you power might plant. As well,
1: you we can just call it from seawater immediately.
0: Yeah, so it depends. Do we have... Uh, are we about How what? would Musk do it? I think
1: Musk would... uh, He'd be equally at home with the nuclear option as with the clean
0: energy option. So... My, I, I, I the, the thing about geothermal is you're right there for geothermal, so all yeah. you need to do is drill down and you're at the bottom of your base and you've got heat done, yeah. And it's quite warm down there. A lot of at the bottom of the sea, if a kilometre deep is right or wrong, we don't know. <laughs> but If you're on the sea floor, right, you just drill right down, yeah. And it's already that's there around the geothermal vents at the bottom of the yep. sea. There is loads of life there where there isn't, you know, in other places. So let's say.
1: So geothermally powered. I'm writing that. Yes, we need to know how it's powered. Geo geothermal vents.
0: Yeah, vents. And and we can excuse
1: ourselves. We don't have to go too much further. Than that, as you say, drill down, access that heat, access that power. Duh. That's nothing more complicated. Now there are greater logistical challenges facing Musk's underwater. Yeah, colony. I still.
0: I, I, I'm still. I want us to decide where whether it's a. Uh, and maybe it will come later, whether it's Pacific or Atlantic. It's going to be one of the well, two. Well,
1: the, the East Atlantic coast, somewhere around like Martha's Vineyard. Um, I don't know where that is. That, that's that's northeast coast of America. You you will know it famously. That's where they filmed Jaws. Ah, okay. And um, one of the reasons they filmed Jaws there, not because it looks great, but because it's actually incredibly shallow out to a great distance beyond the coast. So. You can build it a kilometre deep without having to worry about great drop-offs and trenches everywhere. So that's a possibility. However, the Atlantic is notoriously choppy as an ocean. I know you're underneath Mm. it, but you're still within it. The West Coast is warmer. However, what's the greater... It's politically more dangerous and geologically more dangerous because of the earthquakes. You've got the San Andreas Fault line. You've got you've got earthquakes. Yeah, but I'm thinking if
0: they slap it right in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, why would it be a in, problem? The, in the middle?
1: Yeah, it's gonna. Well, here are some problems with that. A very 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 deep indeed. So how are you main? How are you keep your city at a kilometer uh, so, deep? So yeah,
0: and uh, uh,
1: how are you getting goods there and back? Which is one of my other great logistical challenges. We'll come back to that. Yeah, of course. Now the other big thing about being in the middle of the Pacific is you are as far <laughs> away from civilization as you can be.
0: Yeah.
1: Maybe that's the idea, though. There was a recent incident with a young British lady. We have a lot of great British ladies who have done these around-the-world mm. solo sails, where they sail around the world by themselves. For some reason, British women seem to be on the top of that game a lot of the time. But recently, one of these ladies got surrounded, her boat capsized, and they had to rescue her. And as I said, it's very difficult because you are as far away as you can be. And an amazing fact about that is, if you're in the middle of that area of the Pacific Ocean, when the International Space Station goes overhead, those are the closest human beings to you, uh, than any other people. The people on the, on the space station are closer to anyone on the planet. But maybe that's the point. Ah, Okay. So you do want to be far away. You
0: want I, I, I'm just thinking about that because, you know, he, he wants to go to Mars. I think you've destroyed your pen. I just
1: flicked out the biro part over my shoulder. I'll use yours if I need it. Thank you. So what were you saying? Uh,
0: so uh, imagine the whole point of going to Mars is so you can rebuild a completely different culture, a completely different technology, yes. a completely different uh, political system. Yeah, when you go to Mars, it's going to be totally different. So maybe something like a sea colony is a proto version of that. I like that. Where you got, a, you've basically got an entire colony where you can experiment with a different political method, a different uh, economical method, yeah. econ- economical economic method, and a different uh, you know detachment to human beings that we haven't experienced before. So we, and we, we're talking about a village under under the sea, not a city, not a city. Yet. Yes, yeah, maybe would- we'll develop. Yes,
1: and the press would likely call it a city under the sea because it sounds better, but it's a hamlet or a village indeed, yeah.
0: Yeah, at best a
1: small town. And this makes logical sense that someone like Musk would do this as a proving ground, as you say, for space exploration and space colonisation. Or for a sea lab. Okay, so let's go back to that great logistical challenge of how do you get supplies out to those people a kilometre deep in the Pacific... And what supplies do they need? Could they self sustain? Could they grow stuff for themselves? They can make their own power, we know that. Geothermal energy, done. Supplies, and how do they get fresh water? Do they desalinate?
0: I think basically you have to make it, otherwise, you have to make them self sufficient. Because yes. if they're not self-sufficient, okay. they are at the beck and call of outside powers.
1: Ah, okay. Right? So
0: if it's a company that supplies them, if it's a government that supplies them, that weakens this society. It makes it less... It makes it, makes it weak. It means basically they can, they can ransom and say, Oh, do a deal with us, or you have to follow us, or you have to do what we say, or run your society like we say. If they're self-sufficient, they don't have to do that. And my imagining, if I am thinking as a musk... Yes. <laughs> as a Musk, a Musk, yes. uh, uh, then I imagine he wouldn't want that. Okay. Yeah. If I if I if I if I'm if I'm going to prove prove that this is possible, I want to prove that it's possible completely self-sufficiently. But obviously, it's going to take stuff to get there. But I think once the stuff is there, you want to be as self-sufficient as physically. Obviously, you're going to probably have to bring in the occasional expert. Yeah. And you're probably going to have to send a lot of experts down there as part of the the the. the the group, the first
1: group, the natural
0: course of things, yeah. Yeah, you're gonna, and you're probably gonna need certain materials like, I <laughs> don't steel. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> aluminium. Yeah, aluminium, copper, carbon. You, yes, I don't. Maybe you'll be able to mine some of it there at the base of the sea, mm. but I think that's gonna be very limited. Yeah, very limited. So I think the biggest import is gonna be raw materials, such as. Plastics, Mm. metals, synthetic materials, man-made materials, yeah,
1: Uh, luxuries. What about meat? Will they have lab-grown meats? Will they go vegetarian? I would say
0: I, I like the idea of since it's Musk, he's going to be out there on a limb. and He's going to say we're going to have lab-grown meat down there. I love that idea. So they're only going to have lab-grown meat down there.
1: Okay. So Okay. Let's say that. Yeah. Lab-grown so meat. Lab-grown
0: meat. They're going to obviously have
1: farms because it's very carbon inefficient to bring and import meat in. Yes. So
0: yeah. F- uh, so they're going to have vegetable farms. F- yeah, veg farms. Uh, uh, probably everywhere, and that that's to help, that will also help with the oxygen reclamation as True. well. Uh, so they're probably going. Uh, I'm going to say let's go so far to say there are plants for oxygen reclamation. They're going to try and make it so most of the oxygen, apart from of course the safety level, is done purely by plants. Ah, so a
1: natural so, yes. oxygen main- maintenance. So okay,
0: purely uh, yeah sustained sustained by sustained by plants.
1: Now I want to just quickly bring us back to the. Object du jour,
0: the object du jour, yes, the, the uh, yes, the time, watch. yes.
1: Now, the pocket watch, which has started this whole idea of the Phileas falls of this world, yeah. the explorers, the 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 counterculture idealists. We've we've used Musk as a as a useful template here, but let's be a bit more imaginative, and mm. let's let's lose Musk as our real world person. Let's think of a real of a fictional person. Mm. Inspired by the idea of the pocket watch, the exploration society, that kind of culture. Let's create a person, so, uh, man or woman, who would do this.
0: Something, uh, somebody American like Jeremiah Stamp. I love that immediately. <laughs>
1: Jeremiah Stamp. Okay, so Jeremiah. So that's our Musk. Yeah, because Jeremiah has that old world progressive colonization vibe, and Stamp is saying, "I'm putting myself so stamp on the world."
0: So he's and he's going out there to lead. The Colony, yeah. Who
1: is he? How has he become so the person he's clearly he is? a billionaire? Okay. yes,
0: okay, billionaire, yes, yeah, rebel billionaire,
1: Jeremiah Stamp, rebel billionaire, like Max Stone from C Lab 2021. I was just
0: thinking of that. Um, so, so we've got Jeremiah Stamp, the rebel, so how did he make his billions? Yes, good question. Um, it's got to be different from Musk, so
1: mm, that's a really difficult question. Maybe he created the first uh, mobile technology, like the first mobile phone, right? And like, like Nokia, or Nokia, okay, so. they sold the first bunch of them and then later on went by the wayside as the Apples and Samsungs took over. But he made all his money early on with the first mobile telecommunication devices. Mm, yeah, I like
0: that, yeah. Okay. So, uh, and he's diversifying now because he's just shitting money. Yeah. Yeah, so... <laughs> so this... this uh, Jeremiah Stamp. Uh, so who's he got around him? Mm. So I want to... His, his circle of familiars. Circle of
1: familiars, I like that. So there's got to be some fellow tycoons. Yeah. have always got to have your tycoons. Okay, so... So let's say... Um, <laughs> Let's say Jonathan Quizwitz. Also a J name. Yeah, Jonathan Quizwitz, who <laughs> Quizwitz. is a Belgian-born British entrepreneur who pioneered uh, gyroscopic satellite navigation systems. Is that specific enough for you? Yeah, that's ridiculously <laughs> <Right. that's> specific. <laughs> so
0: gyroscopic, why gyroscopic?
1: Because space travel, space navigation for manned space flight or satellites cannot be done without gyroscopic navigation. But we're doing under the water. I'm just saying that that's just what his where he comes from. Okay, so. So he's familiar with these ideas of travelling out into a dangerous environment and finding your way there. So what Jonathan Quizwitz brings to the table is an ability to centri- centrify oneself in a f- alien environment. So being able to say, where are we right now? Where are we going? And how do we establish the world around us, the physical world around us? How do we... <clears throat> Excuse me. How do we keep track of the sea currents? How do we keep track of mm. you know thermal variations in, in the water around us and rising and falling water levels as well could be a big thing. So Jonathan Quizwiz, he's got that. So under he's got control. a bit of tech know-how as well. Tech know-how through through the eye
0: because you can imagine. I, I want to imagine what their plan is for. So first of all, how are they going to get the city, the village, the town? How are they going to get this underground, this underwater base? there. How are they going to get the materials to the place?
1: I think what they do is, is that they, hmm, what's more logistically appropriate? Is it to build underwater pods, habitation pods, onshore and then ship them offshore and sink them? Or do you think it'd be simpler to ship the raw materials to the, ocean, the middle of the ocean, build these prefab pods, pods quickly and then sink them? I would imagine it's, it's easier to build them onshore and ship them offshore and sink so them. So
0: I think it's a it's a combination of both actually. Okay. So I think it's I think I like the idea of a modular sort of format. You like the space station. Yeah. So maybe they build a number of modules, maybe some inflatable or, or expandable as well. So they're not the full size until they get down there. Uh, or you take them there and then you expand them and then you put them down. No. Or you construct them on the ship and then like an aircraft. So they're going to need a big old boat like an aircraft carrier-style monstrosity to make this happen. Okay. So that's a few billion. Just oh, so a few, few, quick few bill, <laughs> cool few bill. So, so I yeah I can imagine. Or, or I mean, they could just shoot stuff down there, like just drop it. Like a, so, I imagine it's potentially made from. So you could imagine like loads of pods. I like your 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 thought of pods that you just, you just drop down there and then basically people or robots go down there and start assembling. Assemble, so, yes. And start bringing the pods together, uh, uh, s- strapping those bits uh, together, joining them up and then turning them into things. So maybe they're not... Some of them are purpose-built, so you'll probably send... The power station's probably the, the core, yes. the, the, the geothermal point, so that's probably the first thing they have to do. And that probably has to be pretty much built on site. So that's probably the first thing you're going to do is build, get a whole drill, probably build an oil rig above it, whole thing first, effectively. That's the power station. So if not an actual oil rig, yeah, but a, a, a platform, is there, an above-sea platform yeah. that then can act like, I guess, like a space elevator that takes things down. So you bring things to this 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 above-sea yes. platform that can be like the port
1: I, and I was about to say that I'd love that to be yeah the entry point for anyone coming to this this undersea so yeah society is you have to go to the you know surface port which as you say is a kind of floating rig
0: yeah so, so sea platform sign in yeah.
1: there you talk to the the admin people there and then if if you're lucky yeah they'll send up a yeah what's the What's the transport between the surface and the bottom? I imagine
0: it'll have to be fairly simple. Like a
1: space elevator, but, you know, going down... Yeah, I imagine it's
0: just like... It's almost like a glorified diving bell. Yeah, love it. Maybe really nice and posh, like the dragon capsule is... uh Fancy is, it, is it
1: self-propelled or does it kind of like a gondola? Does it
0: move along its, its line? I think self-propelled is a bad idea. I think. Okay, so it just moves along the line. Yeah, I think it moves along the line. Is powered by what I assume by the geothermal. Yes. Energy. It's just a, it's, it, there's engines at the top and at the bottom. Lovely. Yeah. Pulls it up, pushes it down. Whatever. So, you so want. it's got an above surface presence. So obviously you could destroy this above surface presence, but all that would destroy is access. Exactly. So they'll have other ways out. So, ah,
1: yeah. What What are the other ways out? What are the emergency surface vehicles?
0: So, of of course, they'll have. I think they'll they'll have a submarine port. Is something you want to build there? Even if it's really small, and it's just uh, it's just a matter of uh, a tube that connects to submarines. You know, like uh, an airlock Mm -hmm. that can go out to submarines, but. Maybe eventually it would expand into a full submarine uh, docking docking okay, area. But you could have
1: that. I don't think that's too... Let's ask ourselves. Let's try and work out. So we've got our fictional Jeremiah Stamp who's kind of fulfilling <laughs> this challenge to build a, a 200 population or greater so, undersea yeah. habitation. So maybe he's racing
0: Musk to do it. Yeah,
1: well, let's let's take Musk as our real-world equivalent. Yeah. How quickly could Elon, or, or Elon, as people also say, build, do this in the real world? How quickly do you think he could do it? <sighs> I'd
0: say it's... Five years, ten years, twenty years. Ten years at a minimum. Ten years at a minimum? In my opinion. Okay. Because you've got the planning, which will take years. Yeah. And then you've got to then build prototypes of the modules and test them. That's true. Of, uh, will they sustain the pressure, the pressure, water pressure? Pressure, yes. Will they sustain getting built down there? How are they easy to set up and yes. build and expand? And
1: what's their... Are, are they watertight? Yes. Are they rust resilient from seawater, saltwater, that kind of thing? Okay. Yeah. Uh, a similar question then. Do you think we could actually do this in the real world right now? Do you think we're I think we have it? the
0: technology. Yeah. It's a matter of uh, finding the funding.
1: Why haven't we then? Why don't, why don't we live well, it's under the, same the sea? The same reason we
0: don't have fusion power is because it's, it's a matter of will. Because we know it's it's scientifically possible. There's nothing in our current technology that says yep. building an undersea settlement is impossible. It is massive. The logistics of it, financially, are just tremendous. Technologically at large, as mm-hmm. I say, the testing will take hundreds of scientists. And I'd a, say socially and, and culturally an
1: very difficult as well to take those people yeah.
0: and put them into a life hitherto
1: totally oh. essentially unlived by humans other than those who live in you know submarines
0: and even before this technology this one you're going to have to do tests of the modules below water with with people with aquanauts or whatever you want to call yeah, them yeah. You know <laughs> uh, so i think it's going to be a 10-year project i can't see it being less who That's- would they belong to politically would they be part of
1: America, would they be their own society? Would they, like, Sealand, would they be able to state or sovereignty? If, if
0: I was Jeremiah Stamp...
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> We'd all like to be him.
0: I would say you're going to try and make it as independent as you can get away with. Yeah. But that might be difficult. So let's assume he's American. Uh, let's assume he's, like, an American tech billionaire, whatever no. as we've described... So, how easy would it, for you know, what would, the, what would if you, if the American government, you know, this challenge was known to everybody, but most people didn't believe it was possible, but it started to be possible, what do you think the American government would say mm. about your jurisdiction? What would they say?
1: They'd say you're part of, you're part of the American jurisdiction if you're out there in the Pacific. You're, would
0: you be a territory,
1: or would you be a state? Well, they do have these very weird relationships with their overseas territories, don't they? Very... Puerto Rico, Dominican Republic, I believe, I could be wrong there, but... Um, Yeah, they're overseas American territories with none of the rights of American citizens, which is a really odd way of doing it. But when you're that far geographically, culturally and socially detached from mainland America, de facto, you'd kind of be able to live life as you'd want to under the sea, but you would be beholden to American laws and American regulations, which, if I'm being honest, is probably the best of both worlds. You have the backing of one of the most powerful nations on the planet, but you also are able to kind of do what you want to a large extent.
0: So you're saying it's kind of a uh, very laissez-faire... Pretty laissez-faire, yeah. ...relationship, you'd hope. My only trouble is, is they're going to want, you know, primo, we're going to want... uh, any anything you discover down there, the technologies yeah. you build, we're going to want first dibs. And almost bragging
1: rights to say that that's our colony, it's an American colony. Yeah. Which for someone like Jeremiah Stamp, <laughs> <laughs> you'd probably be, you'd probably give it to them. Sure, you can claim it's American. Yes, it doesn't matter because we can still, we know that we are independent of, of an ourselves. Yes,
0: and it's not like it's. So um, it's, I guess the American military can just drop depth charges. You know, on it, if... If if they if, really
1: wanted to. If they were... Ah, so let's talk about defence. Yes. What's to stop people dropping death charges on them?
0: Well, they've got the oil rig above, so I imagine it's full of fucking... Uh, it's covered in missiles. <laughs> sure.
1: And what about uh, a kind of mine system where you have tethers attached to the seafloor, and at the top of these long tethers are... Countermeasures, let's say. They no, are like designed a, to explode death charges when they come near.
0: Oh, so almost like uh, you can make, an, effectively, a web or a net. Yes, like the star, star
1: Wars defence programme in America. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's
0: almost like a bunch of chaff that you can release as well. Yes, waterborne chaff.
1: Yes. I think, which I loved as an idea immediately as soon as I've said it, yeah. <laughs>
0: but you do have
1: to think about defence, you never yeah, know.
0: Yeah, because that, 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 well, that's the first duty of a nation, pretty much, to defend is defend its citizens. Uh, as much as many people believe that we should have no war, in order to have peace and have no war, you need to be able to stop twats coming in and trying to kill you.
1: Yes. It's no coincidence. That there's only one major developed nation in the world that has a, doesn't have a standing army. I
0: really believe that Jeremiah Stamp's overall plan is to be truly independent here. Yes. Right? So he'll take the Americans' thing, but the ultimately, as soon as they want to push too much control, he's going to want to be able to secede. Right, lock themselves at, th- up. at a time of his choosing. Mm. So he's going to want to prepare loads of defensive measures so that they can't stop.
1: Love this as a story. Mm. Who is Jeremiah Stamp's nemesis, rival, or mm. antagonist in this situation?
0: I, I, I almost think it's got to be a rival in the race to build the underworld ah, colony.
1: Cool. So it's more of a more personal enemy. I mean, the
0: obvious answer is it's like a Chinese, uh, like a Chinese government program that's trying to.
1: Yes. No. No individualism. No personality. Exactly. Pure control.
0: Yeah, because that's much more sort of the, the 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 character, at least, of the Chinese government. Of course. But it-
1: let's to keep it personal. Let's say that it's a a single man. Yes. Who has been charged by the government, the Chinese government, to make this happen. So his motivations are built into not letting down his government because he knows that's pretty much a death sentence mm-hmm. so, pretty, yeah. quite literally. But also, like any of these people, you know embodied in the, the silver pocket so, watch ethos. They want to do it for the sake of having done it and having achieved it.
0: So like, maybe like a Chinese engineer.
1: I like that. Yeah, a lowly engineer who's been elevated to yeah, this grand Because project. he's a genius. Uh, let's give him a name. Now, obviously, it's easier to name someone like Jeremiah Stan than it is for us Westerners to you know, identify a Chinese person. But let's try. Let's say Xu. Okay, Shu. Shu Xu... Zhang. Shu Zhang Pao. Okay, Zhang Pao. Because Pao has that, that blaffy, aggressive Xu element. Xu Zhang Pao. Xu Zhang Pao is the Chinese engineer tasked by his glorious government to create their own competing Chinese underwater city, which would be situated probably in the China Sea, the South China Sea maybe. Yeah, may, either that or the Indian Ocean. Well, but. actually, no, let's put it this way. The South China Sea is a much-argued, conflicted area with Japan, America... Yes, uh, and then fur- countries to the, f- to the further of the south, Indonesia, Philippines, I mean, even, even Australia to some extent. And so even. And there you go. So China's ability to maintain a hidden underwater colony in that region. Oh, I like
0: the idea that theirs is
1: hidden. Theirs is hidden. No one knows where it's going to be. Yeah,
0: hidden. Yeah, hidden colony. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, yes,
1: they they build theirs on the coast. And then it's partially sunk and dragged out by submarines, hidden, and then sunk where you can't see it. <laughs> yeah,
0: so they they kind of partially build it, and then... So maybe theirs is powered by a nuclear power. Theirs is
1: nuclear. They do not give a shit.
0: So, so, it's, so theirs is movable. Ah, oh, so their colony is movable to wherever the
1: current most hotspot is in the South China Sea.
0: Yeah, yes. and they That's use it, wicked. They use it as kind of, uh, it could be almost be a military base as well. So really the Stamp
1: City is ideological. The uh, the, the Zhang Pao City is more strategic. Yes, yeah, it's more absolutely. More of a yes.
0: strategic thing. So <laughs> let's let's get on, since we've started with geopolitics a little bit there yes. immediately with the, the rival. So with uh, Xu Zhang Pao. Yes. Um, <laughs>
1: Excuse us, China, sorry. Yeah,
0: apologies for our poorly uh, named... But, you know, we've... Jeremiah Stamp isn't exactly... uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yes,
1: totally normal. It's very... uh, Silly. Uh,
0: So, I want to imagine... So, Jeremiah Stamp, when he's divining this sort of individualistic, sort of, like, uh, free... I mean, almost like libertarian society under sea. So what, 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 is the, what, what is the politics of his little society of 200? Mm. His first 200, let's say. Yeah, Stampinism, I guess. It would be built on <laughs> Stampinism! The, the, well,
1: the, the West is very much a cult of personality type place. The Chinese have more of a cult of um, their own political ideology. That's society, what, almost. Yeah, that's what it's built on, yes. For us, it's built on individuals like, you know, Trump... Um, even Theresa May in the UK is her own cult of personality, but it's very weak. <laughs> Actually, yeah. Corbyn, Jeremy Corbyn, has yeah, a stronger a, he cult, is of a cult of personality. He's a cult of personality. He's a weaker yeah. political ma- manipulator, but he has a stronger yes, cult of personality. He's you know, so, a human being. <laughs> <laughs> so Stamp and his colony are built on his personal principles. And let's bring it back to the silver pocket watch that yeah, started so, this so whole he's thing a, he's off. he's a
0: big... So he's he, a
1: big individualist
0: yeah he cares about uh, I, I I like him having the Phileas Fogg cares about time yeah was well. about political social structures time so maybe let's uh, talking of the pocket watch as well, so maybe it's the fact that he's kind of ordering the place so because he, he, he's uh um the guy with him I imagine him as being he's building gyroscopes, so he's quite organized. This is Jonathan Quizwitz. Quizwitz, yes. <laughs> uh, he's a very organised, sort of interested person. So perhaps he thinks that when he's going to reorganise society completely down there, so he's going to change the length of the day, right? I was thinking about that, yes. Do the they, length of the week, the 10-day week, 5-day week? Yeah, to the week, to the, yeah. to the day. They don't need to. So I think, I think he's going to want to completely change all of those things. So let's think about how long is the day in his terms?
1: Good call. Cool. So, a kilometre deep, you probably aren't really getting any sunlight down there. Nothing. So you really can decide on whatever length it, of day basically, you basically they're going to decide on... Let's actually start with slightly, something a bit bigger than, than the day, the week, right? Okay. Because this is something we discuss a lot in modern society, is how long should the week be? The working week and otherwise. Um, so, rather than a seven-day week, let's make it base 10. I like base 10. Or base 12, which is our time base. I like, I like
0: base 10 because let's make everything it's metric. Not, it's
1: really easy, yes. So, so it's a 10-day week. 10-day week. You have five days on and five days off.
0: Ooh. Right?
1: I Alternate was, days,
0: though. Ah,
1: oh, ooh, that would actually be more annoying than just a simple five-day on, five-day off. Because then you'd be like, oh, I'm working, I'm not. Oh, I'm working, oh, I'm not. Maybe some people have to do day on, day off. But for most average workers... You do five days on, okay. five days off. That's your working week. So you're always recharged by the time you come back round. So so a 10-day week, done. What is the length of the day?
0: I like the idea of keeping it base 10. Base 10, yeah. <laughs> so, like, could, you be could a 20 have a 30-hour day. Day, day or a 20-hour day.
1: Ooh, interesting. 30-hour day would allow you to have, let's say, 10 hours of sleep, 10 hours of work, 10 hours of leisure simple 30 hour day then 30 hour day i'd like that i'd do that 10 hours of sleep i love 10 hours of sleep that's my perfect
0: amount of sleep 10 sleep and and he's like so he's yeah he's planning this he's probably got a load of scientists to back him up whether it's scientifically valid or not you know like so this is the best way so 10 hours work 10 hours play
1: yeah lovely what about the five when you have five days off are you still beholden to a 30 day with a 30 hour day of 10 hours sleep 10 hours leisure and maybe 10 hours of you know, self-betterment. Oh, I like that. Right? So, yes. so you're, you're Im- obliged so to better yourself and society.
0: Not working, you are committed to
1: self-betterment. Or, or betterment in general. So either those extra ten hours are spent helping society, so you go out and you maybe pick up litter from the uh, the underwater park pod. Park <laughs> pod, yeah, pick up litter in a park pod. Or, you know, if you're engineeringly minded, you help the engineers develop more power cell structure.
0: So you just work on whatever your passion is that or, you think will better the society. Or you better yourself. If you're not bettering society, you have
1: to better yourself. So, like, learn, if it's like, even if it's something like learn to juggle, yeah. learn, learn a musical language, learn a musical instrument. Yes, if you're not bettering your, your society, you have to better yourself. Because, in a way,
0: I'm liking this Jeremiah Stamp. I want to live in his... I kind of,
1: yeah, but in a way, isn't it a bit too... Much. ...prescribed?
0: Yeah, t- just a touch. A touch too
1: prescribed. Touch. Yeah, right? But that's so, always the case.
0: I, yeah, and I want to sort of keep the time aspect a little bit mm-hmm. in, in our heads a little bit. So how... Because in the modern world at the moment these days people are very monitored on time you know you've got to, oh, are you got they? to yes. you got to you got to produce x amount of stuff in x amount that's of time hard. even
1: your leisure time yeah yes.
0: yeah so uh, so what's his theory for breaking out of that because obviously he wants to change the world he wants to make the world a better place okay that's cool so how do you think he thinks we should change the work you know the way we work the way we live so we're not so worried about it? obviously he's changing to a 30 hour a day to a 10 hour a week how else is he helping us not worry about time so maybe
1: It's built on that idea of betterment. So your free time, rather than in our current modern world where free time is spent recovering from work, (laughs) oh, God, I need a lion, I've worked so hard this week, which is true for so many people, or that time being spent for other people, like, oh, I've got to go and, you know, see my parents this weekend, you know, I've got a bit of time off, that kind of thing. Time is spent, only spent bettering yourself or bettering the people around you, so time is only ever a constriction when it tells you that you've got X amount of it to better yourself mm. or go back to work, which is of course bettering things around you regardless. So betterment, improvement,
0: progression—that is the stamp so, ethos. So the idea is you're not trying to fill time; you're trying to make the most of it. Make the most of your time. Okay, yes. that, that, that's good. I like I like your angle there. I, I, I sort of philosophically, I've, I've. It's. It just occurred to me that effectively what he's building here and how he might sell it mm-hmm. to to the world and to potential colonists, and we need to start talking about those is. This is effectively the new Atlantis. It is yes. Yes, yeah, so he's building kind of a, a a new Atlantis world or a new. Well, actually, since Atlantis never existed in
1: the first place, and uh, an intellectual of stamps quality would say we want to create Atlantis it's a myth mm. that we know doesn't ex- had never actually existed so why not create it do we not mm. create mm. art to spur ourselves to create the reality that the art prescribes that's yeah. science fiction so, y- y- so he's
0: trying to create a, a, a place of uh, uh, survival a place where we're gaining lots a place where and
1: human Endeavor and human progression. Mm. What's the point of living if you are not progressing? Mm. That's the stamp ethos for sure, mm-hmm. and I like that idea. Mm. It's a very cool idea from the cha- from the initial challenge of you know who's the first to build their underwater city to someone saying, you know, what it's not just a challenge to be met; it's a a dream to be fulfilled.
0: Right? Yeah, no, I am with you. I am with you. So, um, so in terms of a, a a dream to be fulfilled, so he wants to make this kind of kind of a bit of a utopia,
1: right? It is. You can't get you can't away avoid from that. You're building an underwater so utopia. So, I want
0: to start talking about the colonists. So, who oh. might go? To be honest, I would. I mean... I you know when, when
1: they said a few years ago, you know, who wants to go to Mars? Oh,
0: Mars One, which collapsed under its oh, own weight. the, the kind
1: of oh, fraudulent reality yeah, yeah, the actual
0: company, the, the, there's a charitable foundation that still exists, the actual company, is Mars it? One, collapsed, Yeah. Uh, basically having ripped off a whole bunch, a bunch of, of people, people yeah. uh, which is really sad, but, you know, you probably shouldn't have given your money to Yeah,
1: let's put it this way. If I'm happy enough to go to Mars, which is as people say at the moment, a one-way ticket. If you go, you ain't coming Mm. back, you will live and die on Mars. Then I should certainly be happy to go and live underwater because that's still on this planet. And if I really needed to, I could go up to the surface and go back home and see my loved ones again and and be unscared. Mm -hmm. So I would do it. I think if someone of the ilk of Musk or our fictional stamp was to rally people and, and invite people to say, who wants to be the first... Humans. Well, he's actually got money and a company behind him. Yes, exactly. So there's a there's a there's a cohesive, concrete believability. And the to fact it. that
0: you're fighting the Chinese to get there.
1: I think you get a mix of explorers and travellers. I I love travel. I love mm. seeing the world. So that's that's the part of my personality that would that would. So address. yeah, and any
0: kind of daredevil sort daredevil. of, like, you know, like anyone who's like you know, like a skydiver or yep. uh, uh, something Risk like that. Risk takers, pioneers, pioneers. But also, of course. Engineers, scientists, scientists, unavoidable in this circumstance. Yes, and psychologists who want to see what it's like people living there. Oh, no. I'm going to say they're going to need psychiatrists, psychologists, yes. they, therapists. They're going to yeah. need therapists of all kinds because of these. The, 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 the different new,
1: environment living in, yeah. yeah and the, how would you cope with it? Literally, how do you think. If you had to live for a year underwater in a new pod city, how would it affect quite you? Quite honestly, I think I'd love the shit out of it. Uh, would there be a part of it that re- would react inexplicably
0: negatively to it? Um, I'm not claustrophobic in that sense. Nor am I, but socially claustrophobic, there might be something like that. I, I've never, personally for me, that's not a huge deal. I imagine I get annoyed, but I'm, as I say, we, as we discussed uh, previously in a previous episode, I'm quite happy being on my own when when it needs when, 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 when that needs to occur. So I think it would be, especially if you lived there for a year and you knew that it was only a year,
1: then you were like Yeah, if you knew there was an end to it. Like um I think it'd be the, fine. the Scott Kellys of this world who you know lived on the space station for a year in order to commit you know, um produce scientific. Obviously data.
0: The, the lack of if my family came with me that would be very different, you
1: know. <laughs> yeah, would that be a good or bad thing? Would that be worse or better? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I mean, if you had your wife with you... That's what I mean. Great. If you had, like, the actual family, parents and Oh, my parents,
0: no. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> that would be much worse, No, yes. that would be a thousand times worse. But eventually, because a society will have to work like that. Yeah. You? But, like, if I, if you're a pioneer, I think, just like anybody, I think I could handle it. And I think just because of the mag- the majesty of the event, of being mm. part of the first sea city or the first yeah. sea colony... That would be amazing in the fact that you get to experience things nobody had ever experienced before. I don't think I could have say no to such a. I, that's a great way of
1: putting it. I don't think I could say no if the opportunity came and knocking. So let's wrap things up and let's do one of the most difficult things and put a name to this. We can either name the event in history, you know, like the plague, the Black Death in Europe. Or we can name it as a story, the story of Stamp and the Undersea well, Colonies. What do you call it? I think there's two.
0: actually that I'd actually hit two other completely different angles on what we should name. So my inis- my initial thing is we name the competition. Yes, the actual thing that spurred the The, the other us on. thing is we name Stamp's glorious city. Hmm.
1: Or we can just give an abstract name, whenever we want. But I like I like your approach here. Yes, the competition or the city. Because
0: either we sort of, sort of call it, you know, like Neo Atlantis, or uh, yeah, or the competition is called okay, you know, the the, the create Atlantis competition or the you know build it what, what would you call the competition? Because mm. I do think that's kind of more interesting.
1: Yes, the the New Atlantis Prize, I'd call it. Oh
0: yes, yes. Like the X Prize. I like the New Atlantis Prize. Okay, yeah. New Atlantis Prize. Uh, yeah. So, what else? Uh, so, uh, what would Stamp call his city? I mean, we, we've, we've kind of done
1: ourselves a favour by calling him Stamp because you're kind of putting your stamp on something, uh, okay, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, even then, it's actually still quite difficult to do because it could be named after him. He could be a bit more. I don't
0: think. I think he wouldn't do that. No,
1: he'd want to give it a, a cool progressive. Well, let's do it like name. Musk. How does Musk name his things? Well, like the Boring Company, which is a play on words,
0: and like SpaceX, right? Which yeah, is named after what,
1: cool, but it also says what it does.
0: So I think we should say what it does, which okay. is uh, kind of like like Sea City or like... Let's say if it wasn't the Pacific, the Pacific pod... Pacific I, pod paradise? I like the... Yeah, the Pacific...
1: Maybe not paradise. That's a bit too on the nose. I kind of like Pacific pod paradise.
0: Pacific pod paradise. Everyone loves alliteration, right? The three Ps. I, <laughs> so there we go. Okay, so... So in order to win the New Atlantis uh, Prize, uh, the uh, Jeremiah Stamp tries to build the Pacific Pod Paradise. Built on
1: geothermal energy Mm -hmm. and the principles of betterment and improvement.
0: Yes, and basically rethinking the way we think about time, specifically based on our wonderful object okay. yes sinking time Our and I guess it might even it.
1: look a little bit like this this does look like a little bit of a dome yes maybe maybe every citizen would be awarded their own stamp pocket watch oh that's got 30 hours 30 on. hour day yes. yes it's
0: got the week the 10 day week like marked on built it built into the little dial Yeah, yes they, maybe it's a if we want to go old school it's got like they've got these proper like wrist uh, like the pit uh, boy like braces like the pit boy yes okay
1: that's a great place to finish then. yeah all right so thank you everyone for your time today we're really glad you came along to listen to us expose the ideas of underwater colonies and whatever
0: thank you so much for popping along again we really enjoy you guys uh, coming in letting us know what you think of course so let us know what you think of you know, Jeremiah Stamps, Underwater City, would you live there? Yes,
1: that's what I want to know. Would you live in Underwater City? I mean, do you think city? it's even
0: possible to build it? Yes, and
1: w- and if so, why haven't we done so already? Just yeah. like Moonbases, why has it not happened yet? Or should we not do it? Is it wrong to do it? Answer's on a postcard, as we say in the UK. Yes. You'll find us on iTunes, YouTube.
0: Uh, yes, uh, at our website, uh, www.speculationstation.com. Www, 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 www. <laughs> dot uh, .com has seven M's at the end of com, by
1: the way. <laughs> but literally it doesn't, but... Uh, you know how to use the internet.
0: Yeah, just find us, Google us, uh, you know, use DuckDuckGo if you're a real person. Oh, ask Jeeves. <laughs> That's what we're all
1: using these days. <laughs> tell your friends about us, tell your family about us, tell no one about us if you want yeah. to get a lovely little secret.
0: Anyway, uh, cheers, well done, okay, to the underwater city, to New Atlantis. To the Pacific <laughs> Pod Paradise. <laughs> to the Pacific Pod Paradise. I live Pod there Paradise. in a
1: Harby. We'll see you next time for a new object and new speculation. Goodbye! Bye! Speculation Station